0: SAFM Sports Wrap.
1: You tune into South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Brad Brown. Thank you very much to the MoneyWeb team. They're back again tomorrow at six, half hour of non-stop sporting action for you now here on 104 to 107 FM. And uh, coming up on this evening's show, we'll hear from Natalie Germanis wrapping up today's ICC Cricket World Cup action. We'll also chat to former protea Herschel Gibbs just to uh, chat a little bit about the last couple of results. Today's and particularly yesterday's big surprise, Ireland beating the West Indies in Pool B. And then we'll chat uh, Amajimbos, they're in action in the under-17 CAF tournament at the moment in Niger. And they drew two all with uh, the Ivory Coast last night. We'll chat to the youngster who scored... South Africa's second goal uh, in that clash. We'll chat to Kanyisa Mayo. That's all coming up on this evening's show. And we'll also hear from Bafana Bafana coach Sheikhs Mashaba about uh, the possible appointment of a technical director uh, for the Bafana setup. But let's start with the news of the day, and we start with news from the Cricket World Cup. Co-host New Zealand's moved to the top of Pool A today with their three-wicket victory over Scotland. It was a hard-fought three-wicket victory. They bowled Scotland out for 142 and 36.2 overs. And then the chase, they were seven down when they reached the target. Granted, they did have uh, 25.1 overs still to spare, so they did their net run rate no favours, but we'll get all those details from Natalie Germanis in just a short while. The next match gets underway at 5.30 tomorrow morning, South African time, when two of the minnows, Afghanistan and Bangladesh, face off in Canberra. Meanwhile, according to Australian paceman Mitchell Johnson, Captain Michael Clark will return to the team for its Pool A match against Bangladesh on Saturday at the Gabba. Clark has set a deadline, or has been set a deadline for this Saturday to prove his fitness to come back from hamstring surgery or be ruled out of the tournament. In football news, ABSO Premiership makes way for the Nedbank Cup this week and the action kicks off tomorrow night with Tornado SC having the hard task of travelling to the Orlando Stadium to face Pirates while Mpumalanga Black Aces host Maritzburg United. Yet to win a match in 2015, Maritzburg United's marketing and communications manager Brian Zuma is confident they can go one better than they did last year.
2: The Nesting
0: Cup is a, is a good one for us. Last season, and we went as far as to play the semi-final against Orlando Pirates, which was here at Hericola Stadium. So we are looking at uh, repeating what we did last year and even more further uh, to, to play the final. Uh, we'll give it to our best shot.
1: Meanwhile, Aces coach Clive Barker is relishing the prospect of playing cup football once again.
0: Yeah, you can ask anybody. Funny enough, everybody wants to be the league champion, but everybody wants to play the cup final. That's also a huge priority. I think that there's a difference. There's on the day, um, a lot of hype, a lot of uh, following by the respective um, towns, like Bitbank Bank would uh, support as if we were playing Chiefs in the final. Um, so we're looking forward to the chance to play in their bank. And um, it is the Premier Cup competition, and we want to be in the final.
1: In UEFA Champions League, two matches to look forward to this evening. Shakhtar Donetsk, host Bayern Munich and Chelsea, travel to Paris Saint-Germain. Both those matches kick off at 9.45. And uh, speaking of UEFA, Liverpool's uh, Lazar Markovic has been handed a four-match suspension. That after he was sent off against Basel in December. An arbitration panel ordered Lance Armstrong and Tailwind Sports Corp to pay $10 million in a fraud dispute with the promotions company SCA Promotions for what it called an unparalleled pageant of international perjury, fraud and conspiracy that covered up his use of performance-enhancing drugs. The company sued Armstrong to get its money back after Armstrong's cheating was exposed by a report from the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency and a televised confession interview with Oprah Winfrey. In rugby New South Africa have been drawn in Pool C alongside France, Argentina and Japan for the next leg of the HSBC World 7 Series in Hong Kong. The Blitzbrook have finished third in the USA 7s over the weekend and are the top seeds for their pool. South Africa lost out to England in the quarterfinals of last year's Hong Kong tournament but went on to win the plate final against Wales. Round 6 of the HSBC World 7 Series takes place between the 27th and the 29th of March. In Super Rugby news, regular captain and number eight Pierre Spiss is back at the helm for the Bulls when they take on the Hurricanes at Loftus fashfeld on Friday. Spiss takes over the captaincy from Victor Matfield and the number eight jumper from Adnu Buiter, who both uh, who picked up an injury rather in the Bulls' 29-17 home loss to the Stormers last weekend. Vadna Kriya also is also injured, and uh, that's resulted in a front row reshuffle. Trevor Nyakani will move from the left side of the front row to the right, and Mornay Mellet off the bench into the number one jersey at the back. Jesse. We'll start with Jurgen Fisser moving to the bench. Rising teen star Borna Koric of Croatia beat Denis Isterman of Uzbekistan 6-4-7-5 to reach the second round of the Open 13 tournament. Last October, Koric beat Rafael Nadal in straight sets to reach the semifinals of the Swiss Indoors and announced himself as one of the rising stars of tennis. Ukraine's Sergei Skakovsky downed eighth-seeded Czech player Lucas Rosol 6-3-6-2 in less than an hour. And finally, in some cycling news, Italy's Andrea Gordini took the lead in the Tour of Oman by sprinting to victory on the opening stage. The Astana rider beat Tom Boonen into second and Matteo Bellucci into third. The pre-race favourites Vincenzo Nibali, Alejandro Valverde and Joachim Rodriguez all finished in the main bunch. Coming up next we chat cricket.
0: SAFM Sports Wrap
1: Well it was match number six of the ICC Cricket World Cup that took place in Dunedin today New Zealand up against Scotland. Natalie Germain kept an eye on the action and she filed this report.
3: The one match of the day came in Pool A, with New Zealand taking on Scotland at the University Oval in Dunedin. New Zealand won the toss and not surprisingly chose to field first, as we've already seen through the tournament that the first 10 overs of the innings offers quite a lot to the fielding side. The ball was moving around quite a bit, and the two opening bowlers for New Zealand, Tim Southey and Trent Bolt, took full advantage of this and had Scotland 12-4 for inside of the fifth over. Trent Bolt picked up two wickets in succession, with Callum McLeod going 1st Paul LBW, and then Hamish Garner going... First ball LBW as well. There were actually four first ball ducks in Scotland's innings of 142 all out. But there were also two half centuries. Matt Machan made 56 from 79 with seven fours and one six and was at the crease for 111 minutes. Richie Barrington, who shared in a partnership of 93 with Machan, made 50 in the end from 80 deliveries. Barrington hit four fours and one six and lasted for 104 minutes. But there weren't too many other contributions from the rest of the batsmen, and that's why Scotland could only manage to put on 142. Tim Southey finished with two for 35 in eight overs. Daniel Vittori picked up three for 24 in 8.2. Corey Anderson took three for 18 and five and included a maiden, while Trent Bolt, the man of the match, finished with two for 21 in his six overs, which also included a maiden. New Zealand, in the end, were able to get the target of 143 in the 25th over, which definitely helps their net run rate for the tournament, and they do find themselves now at the top of A with two wins under their belt. But in their chase of 143, they did lose seven wickets. Kane Williamson made 38 from 45 with six fours, while Grant Elliott hit 29 from 31, which also included five fours. It was left up to Andy Mill and Daniel Vittori in the end to get the final runs. They were able to get them over the line in that 25th over from scotland's point of view josh davy picked up three for 40 and seven overs while wardlaw took three for 57 in 9.5 overs but for new zealand there are a couple of things that they may be slightly concerned about and that's definitely still the opening partnership of martin guptill and brennan mccullum they have struggled through the last couple of years with their opening partnership in particular because Martin Guttel hasn't been in his best form. And today, he made 17 from 14, and he would have really wanted to spend more time at the crease to get himself into form. Another issue that New Zealand will be looking at is the form of Ross Taylor, who's just struggled of late and hasn't quite been in the form that he would like to. He is certainly a key from New Zealand's point of view. But they do have a lot of other batsmen who are in good form, the likes of Brendan McCullum, Kane Williamson, Grant Elliott, and Corey Anderson, and Luke Ronke, have all shown some very good form going into this World Cup. Matthew Jamalis for SAFM Sport. SAFM Sports Wrap.
1: You tune in to South Africa's news and information leader. We are well into the first week of the 2015 ICC Cricket World Cup and uh, been one or two interesting results, one big upset so far. The pro tiers uh, on the board, uh, all the big players and all the big teams pretty much on the board as well. We join now by former pro tier Herschel Gibbs. Herschel, welcome onto to SAFM Sports Wrap. Thanks for your time tonight. Great to catch up once again.
0: Yeah, thanks. Uh, always good to chat uh cricket, especially uh, during the World Cup too,
1: you know. Yeah, Herschel, these things come around, uh, they are few and far between, so lots of excitement around. And uh, there have been some some interesting matches today's in particular New Zealand up against Scotland. Uh, I mean, New Zealand rolled the Scots pretty cheaply, and you, you would have thought that they would have uh, got those runs pretty easily. But seven down at the end, they did get it uh, very, very quickly, but uh, they were made to, to work for that victory.
0: Yeah, look, I think, um, it was a little bit surprising, but I just thought the, the, you know, the Scottish bowlers, the Scottish bowlers, um, you know, utilized the conditions really well. I think, um, very similar to how Zimbabwe bowled against us in, you know, against approaches in Hamilton. So, uh, I think, uh, you know, credit to the Scottish bowlers. I think, uh, you know, their type of bowler, they didn't have too much pace. They just, uh, nibbled it around and made it a little bit uncomfortable for the, for the Kiwis, you know, so I don't think it was as close as it you know, as as the scoreline suggested, but um, you know, I think New Zealand were always in control of it despite uh, losing so many wickets. But um, yeah, I think the one catch towards I think after about a six, it could have been the sixth you know, I think the fifth the wicket, um maybe cost them a little bit more, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, three-wicket victories, not not the biggest margin of victory, but they had 151 balls to spare. And, and often in these tournaments, it'll come down to net run rate, and they've done their net run rate a huge favour with this win. Yeah, look, I think,
0: um, you know, it, it does come, you know, it can play a fight down the track, uh, you know, as so far as the tournament is concerned. But um, I think, uh, you know, I think that's sort of Scotland's, you know, big... Wouldn't I wouldn't uh, say, you know, they're their big day. I mean, they, they took New Zealand quite deep, but, um, you know, I mean, I can't see it happening <laughs> to too many of the other, uh, other teams, you know, that Scotland play against. Lot, it largely just does depend on the conditions, and, um, mm. you know, I think uh, that particular wicket was just, uh, I think, justified for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, they would have taken a bit of heart out of Ireland's victory over the West Indies uh, the the day before. I mean, that was, was, I mean, a huge surprise. Yes, the West Indies aren't great at the moment, and uh, they're probably missing a few of their their, their top players at the tournament. But Ireland were superb. Ireland,
0: yeah. I mean, Ireland Ireland, uh, were fantastic. I think, you know, I think they've improved so much over the last couple of years. You know, a lot of their players are obviously playing county cricket and, you know, um, doing really well there. You know, even if you just look at the um at some of the results, you know, of the last couple of seasons you'll see, you know, the Porterfields and Isle of Brands, you know. So it doesn't really surprise me that much, you know, um, that, that Ireland end up winning, especially with the the state that the West Indies cricket is in at the moment. I think anything can happen as far as they're concerned, even though, you know, they have um, you know, a reputation of doing really well in, you know, in ICC World Cups, but um, that, it wasn't too much of a surprise, I just think um, you know, they all approach the whole approach you know, the attitude as well as the West Indies are concerned, is, you know, is a concern for everyone that supports them, and um, you know, I think you look to the senior players you know, the senior players are the ones that are supposed to turn it all around, and whatever the issues are off the field, you know, that should never be allowed, you know, to be carried on the field, so um, they've been guilty you know, of that, you know, for the last couple of series, um, especially the one in, in South Africa and you know, unfortunately for them, I also don't think they've got the right captain involved as well, so um <laughs> I'm not sure going back to the drawing board is, is the way forward for for the West Indies, but they've got some serious thinking to do, uh, you know, how to turn everything around as far as they're
2: concerned.
1: Yeah, I mean, can we read much into it? I mean, Ireland did play well. Can, can we read lots into that victory? I mean, uh, Twitter was so... F- I mean, there's so many, obviously, comedians on Twitter. One of the funniest tweets I saw yesterday was, uh, I, I guess there's Ewan Morgan's chances of making the step up to Ireland out the window. But can we read much <laughs> into 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 Irish performance? I mean, obviously, they're, they're going to be playing some of uh, the bigger nations, us in particular. Uh, should, should we be concerned?
4: Um...
0: No, I don't think so. You know, <laughs> I think um, you know South Africa. So, that for me, New Zealand, South Africa, and Australia are, are definitely the firm favourites, um, and they, they obviously show that in the games. You know, the first games. Um, so, as South Africa is concerned, I think uh Sunday I think will be a really good test for our bowlers against India. I think it's more a clash of you know the batsmen really from both teams uh, as far as that one goes. But. uh Ireland, look, I think Ireland, was, you know, might surprise one or two more teams. You know, I think there's a, quite a big gap between New Zealand, um, South Africa and Australia and the rest of the teams. You know, they've just been the more consistent teams um, of the last two, three years. And uh, I think the form leading into the tournament, you know, has been fantastic. So I think the rest of the, the tournament or the, the teams in the tournament... Um, you know, it's very much a case of uh, who just survives and, you know, comes out best. I think on the rest, but uh, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, are definitely the the teams to beat.
1: You mentioned South Africa' big game on on the weekend against uh, against India coming up. I mean, one of the positives coming out of that victory against Zimbabwe at, at the weekend was obviously uh, the middle order really sticking their hands up. Guys like JP and and David Miller coming to the party when the top order failed. They haven't done it often, but uh, it's going to yeah. happen, and and it just shows yeah. that that uh, we've got some good batters in good nick. No, it's
0: important for the process. I mean, uh, JP and, and I think David Miller, you know, uh, needed some time in the middle, and it's Obviously, you know, came back from, you know, the 100 that, um, David Miller got in PE against, against the West Indies. So, it's good to see him in, you know, in, in form and, you know, it's, it's vital that, that JP and, and David Miller have good tournaments too in order for us to, I think, to, to eventually win this World Cup. But it's not very often that Hashim and, and AB, you know, fail on the same day. So, I mean, I'm not really too perturbed about, you know, a top four, small five, six, seven for me that, um, we desperately need them to, to fire continuously, you know, throughout the tournament. Um, uh, and yes, I, you know, I just Sunday I, I said is more important from the bowling aspect, just to see uh, how well we can do and restrict India. Um, I have a feeling, um, unless there's, there's some serious overhead conditions or there is something in the wicket, uh, you know, assessing the wicket at the top is going to be crucial. I think for the opposition playing against South Africa, I just feel that they everybody knows that you know uh, they might stand a chance of us batting, you know, second against South Africa. Seeing that our bowling is probably not as you know, I think it's, it's not uh, a secret that our bowling is not as strong as our batting. So I think um, the team's going, you know, winning the toss might end up uh, bowling first against South Africa and backing themselves, you know, to chase down
1: whatever Africa sets. Herschel Gibbs, uh, I couldn't agree more, but looking forward to that match. Uh, Thank you very much for your Mm. time this evening, and uh, we look forward to catching up again soon. Wonderful.
0: Thanks for your time. SAFM Sports Wrap.
1: This is SAFM Sport Trap onto some football news now and despite being open to the idea of working with a soon to be appointed Safa technical director Bafana Bafana coach Sekhwe Mashaba seems to have some reservations about the whole thing Safa has not had a permanent technical director since the resignation of Serame Letsoka from his role in June 2012 and Fran Hilton Smith has been acting ever since when Mashaba succeeded Gordon Niggson as Bafana Bafana coach last July Safa president Danny Jordi Dhan promised that the appointment of a technical director was imminent. Six months later, nothing has changed, and Safa's Vision 2022 master plan has got no driver. In this interview with SABC sport journalist Valila Mbouli, also discusses Amman 2-all draw with defending champions Ivory Coast at the opening CAF Under-17 championships in Niger yesterday, and whether SA teams are lacking with mental strength.
5: Before we used to have a problem, in the first 10-20 minutes, our boys would go to sleep. We've sorted that problem. We score early. Majimbo scored early. And the biggest problem comes late into the match, especially when the opposition scores a goal. That goes along with the question of mental strength and resilience. You know, you got you got to work on players to, to, to be ready for such things. I mean, to lead a game and come back and lose a game. But it happens. It happens. I mean... Uh, Ghana led two goals ahead, and it changed, and they lost on the penalty shootout. But we don't want to encourage such things. But it's good. We're learning. We're learning. The good thing is our junior players are getting exposed to this kind of things. We always say competition is about participation. So they are participating. By the time they get to the higher level, they'll be knowing what to expect.
2: Surely that's a good one because they were playing against defending champions today. They still have Mali and Cameroon to go through. But let's come to under 20. We know they went into camp, um, I think, yesterday. But still, the old problem of clubs not releasing players who are told that they are clubs that have already committed that they will not be releasing players even for the youth champs.
5: It is the most unfortunate thing at times, you know. We will, we will talk about clubs not releasing players. They've got programs as well. That is what I said earlier on. We've got to look at how can we synchronize these programs to be able to to make players available. Because we're going to fight amongst ourselves, really, and it's something that we're not going to be able to sort out. Until such time, we sit with the so-called, maybe the, the big people of football. Let's see how can we synchronize world football, not african soccer only world football because if you look at other nations in other countries if you look at in europe they play all their cups. there's no complaint there's no problem it only comes in africa where we have problems but i think we need to synchronize these fixtures and see what's happening
2: and let's come to bafana now Um, especially after you came back home talk has been around the appointment of the technical director Um, To put things together at SAFA. How is this move going to help the junior national teams, including Bafana?
5: Most unfortunately, I I wouldn't want to comment about that. That's not within my jurisdiction. It is for the hierarchy to appoint a technical director. But in as much as people are thinking too much about the technical director, he's got his line of responsibilities. Let us not just talk about things and we don't know what we're talking about. I mean, if you sit down and look at, even if we brought, whichever coach, Mourinho, we would have still played the same thing because there's still a lot of things to address. It's not about jumping on the pitch, plan and talk things and say this is what we want to do. No, we still have to go out there and work practically, work on these things. And then of course, like I indicate, participation helps you to go and compete.
2: Even when you were appointed, around the time there was talk that it was... Appointing a head coach and a technical director, but do you feel that now the word technical director is being used in relation to what happened in the Afcon, and not vis-à-vis that there's a vision 2022 to be implemented?
5: Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, answer that. And then, of course, I want to, 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 to respect that uh, office of the technical director, and I would like to respect the South African Football Association about this appointment. Because at this point in time, really, we cannot talk and harp too much about it. Because they are the ones who will be able to lay out the plan and why the technical director but that office scored a technical director at this point in time maybe the one that is wanted I'll never know what kind of a director is that
2: I know that uh, the issue of your technical report is something between you and your employer but what are some of the key things that you highlighted from this recent tournament
5: I would like to reveal that I would be happy that's revealed by maybe the technical committee chairman or someone else But uh, most of the things that we choose is what people saw. I mean, uh, to make an example, the question of finishing up. We we do go behind the defense of the opposition. We do go. And uh, it doesn't mean that uh, we we, were that bad. For for us to be able to create so many chances, I I won't fear saying in that tournament, we're the team that has created more chances in only those three games that we played. The only thing was to uh, finish up. I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, the kind of goals we missed changed the complexion of the tournament because we should have won the first game. And winning that first game, it would have been a different story. But I think all that we can leave to the, we've got a technical committee, it, it's led by the chairperson, and they're the ones who can uh, uh, reveal all what we've said.
1: That was Bufana, Bufana Coach Shakes Mashaba closing the interview with Valile Mbouli. Coming up next here on SAFM Sport Wrap, we chat to the youngster who scored the second goal for Amajimbo's last night in that 2 all draw against the Ivorians. SAFM. <laughs> Sports rap. You tune into to SAFM South Africa's news and information leader. Well, South Africa's under-17 side. I'm a Jimbo are in action uh, in the CAF Junior Championships. They opened their account last night against the Ivory Coast in their Group B opener. And uh, it's a great pleasure to welcome on to the show this evening, Kanisa Mayo. Uh, Kanisa welcome on to uh, SAFM Sports Rap. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Congratulations uh, on scoring last night. Uh, we were 2-0 up. We ended up drawing it two all, uh, disappointing draw in the end. But congratulations on your on your goal. Uh,
4: thank you. Uh, yeah.
1: Can you so t- tell me a little bit about the game? South Africa went up, went up two nil. What, what went wrong in in that game to to allow the the, the opposition back in?
4: Um, first of all, uh, by the seventeenth minute, uh, all the players got tied and we got um, we were up and we started collecting and letting uh a come at us so we uh, let that come at us.
1: I mean on paper a two or draw against the Ivory Coast is a is a is a an okay result I guess. We we take a point away from it, but you guys must be feeling bitterly disappointed that you let that one slip. It was a great opportunity to pick up three points.
4: Yes, a um, point uh it's enough for me because we couldn't get the results and but a point to say for both of us. Cause we couldn't uh, let them win, or we we should have we should have won the game but a point to say Can for you see?
1: So- Often, often you learn you learn a lot from from results like that. I mean, if you win two nil, it's it's a great victory. But you you often learn a lot more from from games that you draw or, or games that you lose. What well, what are some of the lessons the the teams taken out of out of that draw last night?
4: Um, some other teams. Uh, it's the first team uh, that draws in the tournament, so maybe some other teams will take that. Um, it's hard. It's not that easy to win games because it's a tournament and. Uh, most countries uh, are have prepared well for this tournament.
1: As far as uh, the rest of the campaign, what what's up next for Farmer Jimbo? Uh,
4: our next campaign is playing uh, against Mali on Thursday, and as uh, now we are training now, preparing for the uh, Thursday game. And the kind other of, the guys are preparing as and I think uh, on the Thursday game against Mali.
1: Mali Mali beat Cameroon 3-1 in their opener. Uh, What what are you expecting from from Mali? I mean, they're obviously a good outfit to to put three past Cameroon. They've got to be doing something right. Um, I think that uh,
4: they're going to be... I with remember that confidence that they won their first game and they ought be on top of the group, they want to win uh, the second game, you, but it, you told yourself that you're going to uh, put everything that you have got to win uh, our second game, because it's a game where are going to win the second game, you're going to win the second game, so going to whether we qualify or not qualify.
1: All right, so so obviously a lot of work to to be done off 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 the park in, in the build up to that one. What's uh, what's the coach Molefin Seki saying to to you guys? I mean, he obviously believes in you and believes that you can beat Mali.
4: Um, the coach believes in us. Um, he tells us at, uh to do any and He's confident enough that uh, he's telling us. Uh, to do stuff, to like uh, do endurance running, play playing ball from the back starting playing and we're really confident that you are now win this game the...
1: Brilliant stuff, uh, Kanisa Mayov Thank you for joining us uh, from Niger this evening, and uh, yeah, good luck for for the next game against Mali, and and all the best in the preparation, the build up to that. Thank you. Apologies for the quality of that line. Not the greatest, unfortunately, from Niger, but uh, we did get the gist of it, and we'll keep an eye on that uh, youth championships, and hopefully uh, Amajimbos can uh, win their next one and, and stay alive in the competition.
0: SAFM Sports Wrap.
1: The Portfolio Committee on Communications hereby invites institutions and or individuals to nominate a person to fill a vacancy of non-executive member to the board of the South African Broadcasting Corporation Limited, which arose from the resignation of a member of the board for the remainder of the term of office of the current board until the 24th of September 2018. Nominations must have expertise and experience in broadcasting policy, technology and broadcasting regulation, media law, business practice and finance, journalism, entertainment and education and labour issues. Nominations and inquiries must be addressed to the committee secretary, Mr. Tembin Korsi Ngoma, Portfolio Committee on Communications. You can email tengoma at parliament.gov.za or be faxed to 086-522-5740. Telephonic inquiries can be made to 021-403-3733 or 083-709-8407. Closing date for nominations is Friday the 27th of February at 4pm. Please note that nominations and nominees may be submitted to qualification checks and security clearance. Late submissions will not be considered. SAFM Sports Wrap. that's it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Coming up next, it is the Talk Shop. Don't forget, you can be in touch uh, on Twitter and Facebook. Just search for SAFM Sports Wrap. I'm Brad Brown. I'll be back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. Thank you very much to my producer, Siobhan Chetty. Until tomorrow, have yourself a great evening. Cheers.